Welcome to a podcast of Wyoming Chronicle, where we tell the stories of Wyoming in a weekly program of interviews with newsmakers, artists, innovative thinkers, and unique Wyoming personalities. To learn more, visit us at wyomingpbs.org. As the COVID-19 vaccine is rolled out in Wyoming, there are still many questions. Where can I go to get it? When will it be my turn? And what about rural Wyoming? And what if I get the vaccine, but many in my community don't? And when will COVID-19 be much less of a worry in Wyoming? Angela Van Houten and Dr. Alexia Harris from the Wyoming Department of Health answer and provide information about the coronavirus and its vaccine, next on Wyoming Chronicle. This program was funded in part by a grant from Newman's Own Foundation, working to nourish the common good by donating all profits from Newman's Own food and beverage products to charitable organizations that seek to make the world a better place. More information is available at newmansownfoundation.org. Funding for this program is made possible in part by the Wyoming Humanities Council, helping Wyoming take a closer look at life through the humanities, thinkwhy.org, and by the members of the Wyoming PBS Foundation. Thank you for your support. And we welcome our viewers to this informative Wyoming Chronicle about the coronavirus. What's the status today? But equally important maybe is, what is the status of the vaccine rollout in Wyoming? And with us to help dissect these very important issues are Dr. Dr. Alexia Harris from the Wyoming Department of Health. She is a state health officer and the state epidemiologist and also is a board certified pediatrician. Dr. Harris, it's great to see you again. Thank you, Craig. Thanks for having me. Angela Van Houten is a community health section chief at the Wyoming Department of Health. And I should note, Angela, you're a 20 year veteran of the department. So to you also, welcome to Wyoming Chronicle. Yes, and thank you for having me today, Craig. Our goal here today, as we kind of um, spoke about in the open to the show, is just to make sure that we give our viewers the most up-to-date information about the coronavirus, the most up-to-date information of the vaccine, um, and how we should maybe plan our lives moving forward here in Wyoming, the spring, the summer, and the fall. Um, there's still so much to talk about with the coronavirus, so I think we just need to get right after it, but I can't help but note today, we're talking on a day when over 400,000 Americans have died, over 500 Wyomingites have died from coronavirus. And so I guess my first question, maybe Dr. Harris, I'll let you begin. Are we still having the darkest days of this virus in front of us? Is, is that how you're perceiving things now? Yeah, thank you. That is a difficult question. I think that, um, you know, the availability of two very good um, vaccines with um, great efficacy against um, getting COVID-19 and, and great safety profiles really gives us a lot of hope. They really are the light at the end of the tunnel that has been this pandemic. But it's also important to remember that we are still seeing high levels of transmission in many parts of the United States and including here in Wyoming in some places. Um, it'll likely be quite a while before there are enough vaccines to, to vaccinate the general public and for all of us to be protected against COVID-19. 
We also know that there is, are some variants emerging of this virus that are more easily transmitted from one person to another. Um, we have detected the first instance of um, one of these variant viruses um, known as the UK variant in Wyoming. This virus doesn't seem to make people um, sicker. Um, it, it acts like most of the other COVID-19 viruses, except for the fact that it does seem easier to spread between people. And so that makes us worried that there's going to be more cases. And with more cases comes more severe illness and, and more hospitalizations. So we still are going to have a period of time where we continue to need to take the precautions that we have been taking for for many months now. And I know people are tired of them. I think we are all tired of them. But now that we have the vaccines and really something to look forward to, if we can continue, you know, the physical distancing, wearing masks, staying home when we're sick, avoiding large gatherings, um, we are going to be, we're going to help people stay well, um, prevent people from dying, and um, we'll get more and more people vaccinated um, and get closer towards being able to get back to normal. But Angela, I want to visit with you about the vaccine rollout here in Wyoming. Nationally, we've heard that the rollout has been rocky, uh, maybe not the smoothest. Um, there, it's certainly a great logistical challenge in, in my mind. How would you characterize how the vaccine rollout is, is coming in Wyoming? And then we'll get into some more details about um, what it means to get in line to get the vaccine, how that happens, how many doses are out there. But how are things going, Angela? You know, I think you saying logistically challenging is is really like how I would say. I don't know that I would use the word rocky, but I do know that some folks have used that to describe, you know, the current situation. I, I want to center back on what Dr. Harris did pointed out that we have two vaccines, not just one, but two that have high efficacy um, in preventing uh, COVID, COVID illness. And so that is that's a real positive. You know, the, the logistical challenges that you mentioned are real, though. One of the biggest things that has been a challenge is just the, the amount of vaccine that is, that is available across the country. Um, and that's not different in Wyoming. So far, the, the vaccine has been allocated based on population across the country. And Wyoming is the least populated state. And so, as you can imagine, um, the... the <laughs> The benefits that we have and the fact that we have two vaccines are also um, providing more vaccine availability, but still, um, even in the beginning when we were planning for this, the assumption was that vaccine would be rolling out in limited amounts. And I think that it's just hard to understand the what that means for, for, for our country and for our state specifically when, when those amounts of vaccine are as limited as they are that we've been seeing. Angela, have, have we gotten our fair share? There are some states I think I've heard complain that we haven't gotten what we were promised and others have not made that, that comment. Has Wyoming gotten what it has expected to get? Well, it is being distributed or allocated based on population. So I haven't went through and figure, figured everything up myself, but it's being, it's being allocated based on, on population. So I would say that, yes, we've gotten our share based on our population here in Wyoming. So we've, um, we're, we're filming this on Wednesday before the show airs this Friday evening. How many vaccines have we received in Wyoming and how many have went into arms? Do we know those numbers today? We do. So as of today, Wyoming has received 40,975 first doses. So that's an, a, that's an amount of vaccine 
um, that we think of that would be enough to um, provide to 40,975 people for their first dose. You have to remember that this is a vaccine that requires two doses. So to date, our state has also received 17,800 uh, doses that will be used for second doses. Set aside, so to speak? Well, no, ordered at a time when it will be needed for uh, administration. So one okay. of the vaccines is given at three weeks after the first uh, initial dose, and then the other vaccine is given at four weeks after the initial dose. So it's not that they're being held back, it's that we it's ordered three right. to four, uh, excuse me, two to three weeks later. Hopefully that makes sense. Sure, just so it'll be there when that, that second uh, dose is needed. Correct. And, and we order it about a week early so that we're sure that it gets here in time for that second dose allocation or administration. So of those 40,000 plus doses that we've received, how many have made it into arms? So 24,837 have been administered of that first dose allocation. And then of those second doses, we've administered 4,333. That seems like that might be a little bit better number than some other states are reporting. Uh, well over 50% perhaps have been um, given as compared to what's available. Dr. Harris, I want to talk about what it means to have herd immunity too. I am very concerned that perhaps I might get the vaccine and my neighbor may get the vaccine, but many in my community may choose not to get the vaccine. What does that mean? And how important is it for this vaccine to be delivered at a certain rate? Do we know the answer to that question? Yes, that is a very good question. And certainly herd immunity is something that we are trying to achieve, um, you know, with these vaccines and getting and what that means is getting enough of the population vaccinated, that it's not easy for the virus to spread because it, it's encountering people um, most of the time that have antibodies against the virus. Um, and when we ourselves do not um, contract the virus and get sick with it, then it's harder. It's difficult and, and likely impossible for us to spread it to others. So herd immunity means that a specific percent of the population is, is vaccinated. And that means that the virus, it, it just is not easy for it to be transmitted because it's always running into people that have immunity against it. I think it's very difficult to say exactly what that number is with COVID-19. It's honestly difficult to say with any virus, and, and we certainly have estimates. When we have virus variants that are more easily transmitted from one person to another, that means we need a greater percent of the population vaccinated to achieve that herd immunity. Um, so our goal really is once we get enough vaccine, and, and we hope that that will be you know, the case in, in the upcoming months, to get as many people vaccinated as possible. But since now that's not, unfortunately, a possibility, um, you know, we're trying to, to get vaccinated those people most likely to um, have severe illness or even die from COVID-19, um, and those people who, because of their jobs, um, can't avoid in all situations being exposed to other people who may have COVID-19. We'll talk a little bit more of those details in a moment. Angela, I'm curious, um, We've heard President Biden in the last few days saying that he wants in our country 100 million doses in the next 100 days. And when I think of that number, I don't think of bottles. I think, do we have staff? Do we have the setups for nurses who have a day job, for other healthcare workers who are concerned with their normal day things to also meet that goal here in Wyoming? Can we meet our share of that goal here? 
I believe we can. Um, so to date, we really utilized our partners at the within the county public health offices and within the hospitals to administer the vaccine. Uh, just based on the the priorities that we've had for the limited vaccine that's been coming in, we have uh, over 220 facilities across the state that are interested in being vaccine providers. So we definitely have the willingness and we have the providers that can that can administer those vaccines. I think the biggest thing will really be getting the increased um, the increased amount of vaccine coming to the state. That's gonna be the biggest biggest challenge I think of of meeting that is will will the will the amounts of vaccine be there to to meet that. So what do we anticipate there generally? I mean, we all want that yesterday. Maybe today, perhaps tomorrow, but we know it's not going to be in that time frame. I, I think it's important for people to plan here. I really do. And I think that um, there is some uncertainty. Um, we've heard very general terms, yeah, by April, yeah, by spring. No, it's going to be fall. What really are we, are we anticipating for, um, let's just say, a 40-year-old um, male or female who's in good health, who has no other you know health concerns, but wants to wants to get the vaccine. Generally speaking, when in Wyoming do you think that everyone who wants it can have it? Do we know? I would say, Craig, we don't know. And I know that everyone wants a better answer than that. But the, the bottom line is until we actually start seeing the doses increase, it's hard to estimate when that will be. And I, I, I know you just mentioned a number of different things that have been put out there um, you know, by different entities. And, and from my perspective, you know, until we get more information about the supply increasing or other vaccines becoming available, I don't feel like I am able to give an estimate better than what we've heard. <laughs> Let's just hope soon. Um, Dr. Harris, if I, if I get that first vaccine, but then life happens and I miss my second dose, and all of a sudden it's five weeks later instead of three for the Pfizer vaccine or, or six weeks later instead of four for the Moderna vaccine, what am I to do? Yeah, great question. Um, we'd obviously like people to get their second doses as, as close to the three weeks or four weeks, depending on the vaccine, as possible. But it is not the end of the world if that second dose is, is delayed a little bit. Um, we do believe um, that immunity will be achieved, even if those second doses are delayed by a little bit. Um, and so if you do get those two doses, the second dose is delayed, you don't need to get any more doses. You are considered fully vaccinated. Um, again, we would like people to get that second dose on time. It just means that they're going to have that immunity faster than if they wait on that second dose. And that's what we really want to achieve. Um, but we understand that life does get complicated. Um, and so as long as people get those two doses, um, get that second one as close to the, the three-week or four-week marker as possible, um, you are considered um, to be fully vaccinated. I think a great concern, Angela, to many people who are watching this today is that, you know, I don't do the internet. Um, perhaps I'm older. Perhaps I don't have broadband service at my house. How do I figure this out? I'm 70. Nobody's called me to, to come and get this thing. Um, I made a call. The line was busy. They said they'd call back. They haven't yet. How do we navigate this? And what's your best advice for people who are watching um, who maybe do have access to technology and do not? Yeah, thank you, Craig. That's a really good question. So for those that have technology, our, our Wyoming Department of Health website has information on it for each of the counties. And really, 
uh, each county is doing things just a little bit different. And so we are keeping that information on what's going on at the county level on our website. Um, so I would encourage folks to look at that for sure. You know, I, I also, uh, just because vaccine is so limited, it, it can take some time. So I just also ask for folks to have some patience, but I know that that can be difficult, especially during this pandemic. Um, and because we're so anxious to have the vaccine, I, I understand that. For those that don't have technology, really local, uh, local public health agencies will be working with their local media to get information out through you know, what our typical media uh, processes are, either print, um, radio, uh, you know, some, some television um, uh, as well as just announcements, um, you know, from the senior center, working with a lot of partners and, and using those lo local networks that, that our public health agencies are always work with, if that makes sense for, for sure. a lot of the work that they do. So really that will be the way and just also recognizing that there is limited vaccine and it will take some time to get to everyone. Dr. Harris, um, I wanna talk about um, some, some questions, I guess, that I've received from, that are a little more specific to certain people, but I think that are worthwhile of discussion. What if I'm pregnant? Should I get the vaccine? What if I'm planning, my, our family's planning to become pregnant? Should we get the vaccine? What are your advice to, to folks that are in in that position? Yeah, those, those are very important questions. Um, and there is, there is guidance out there. You know, clearly these vaccines, um, you know, we needed them very fast. Um, and while, you know, there were no skip, uh, steps skipped during the process of, of studying and authorizing these vaccines, and the process was very rigorous. Um, but there were not very many um, pregnant women um, or, or breastfeeding women included in the studies. Um, however, when the, the experts met to discuss these vaccines, when they were being authorized and discussing recommendations for how the vaccines could be used, they all felt that because of the way that these vaccines work, we expect them to be safe in, in pregnant um, and breastfeeding women and not to have any adverse impacts. Um, also, we know that pregnant women um, do have some risk of having severe COVID-19 illness above the general population. And so pregnancy can be a risk factor for severe illness as well. So what we are asking um, pregnant women, um, families considering becoming pregnant, breastfeeding women to do is, is to talk to their healthcare providers, um, you know, talk about the, the risks they have of, of, of getting COVID-19 and that what that might mean, you know, talk about the vaccines and what we know about the vaccines and make a decision with their healthcare provider. Pregnant women, um, breastfeeding women all have the option of getting their vaccine. And really the best thing that you can do is discuss your specific situation with, with the healthcare provider. I want to have a frank conversation about some Wyomingites who are watching this and that they are admittedly maybe leery about vaccines. They um, aren't certain what to believe from information sources that they have seen and what not to believe. But what's your best advice to people that are leery about this and the importance of it? Dr. Harris, do you wanna go first there? Sure, I think, you know, first talking about the importance of the vaccine. We know that COVID-19 can make people very sick, um, can make you need to go to the hospital, um, need, you know, very, um, you know, have very severe illness needing things like a ventilator to, to help you breathe and obviously can cause people to die. 
Um, so considering the risk of, of COVID-19, it is really important and that this vaccine can prevent or these vaccines can prevent that severe illness um, is, is a really important consideration. The second thing I would say, as I mentioned before, while the process to get these vaccines through was fast because we needed it to be fast, we need this solution and way to protect people, the process was still rigorous and no steps were skipped. Um, these vaccines were evaluated in, in tens of thousands of people. And again, the, the evidence shows that they have a very high degree of effectiveness of preventing you from getting COVID-19 and also a very high degree of safety. So I would advise them to look for, for trusted sources about vaccine information. Um, the CDC, the FDA, um, the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices all have information about the process by which this, these vaccines were evaluated, by which they were authorized, information about how these vaccines work. Um, so go to trusted sources of, inform of information to find out about the vaccine um, and, and talk to trusted healthcare providers that, um, that they know um, to, to, to get good information. Um, we know that the, often the, the deciding factor in, in whether people get certain treatments or medications like vaccines is, you know, based on advice from their healthcare provider. And so we know that that's a really powerful, powerful tool um, to hear from, from their healthcare okay. provider that, that they, he or she thinks that they should get the vaccine. One other question that I've had, and, and it's an interesting one, is some people say, you know, I'm going to wait till that Johnson & Johnson vaccine comes out because it's one dose and I have less, less stuff in my body, to put it very generally, than a two-dose shot, right? So is that anything to be concerned about? Um, the Johnson & Johnson one, I want to be clear, is not um, certified for use by the FDA yet, maybe in February if the data, um, once it's reviewed. But what about this? You know, um, you know, only one one shot's going to be better than two because I'm worried about vaccines in general. Is there anything to that? Believe me, we we will certainly be excited if if the Johnson and Johnson vaccine gets authorized. Um, you know, really any other vaccines getting authorized that are safe and effective. Just the more vaccine we have, the better, and and so we'd be excited about that. But I would say if the vaccine is available to you now, that I would get it now because it just means that you will be protected faster. Um, again, the, the, no other vaccines have been authorized at, that, at this point. We do anticipate that more will be, but we don't know the exact timing on that. And so if you have vaccine available to you now, we really would suggest that, that, you, that you get it. Angela, do you anticipate any mass vaccination sites happening in Wyoming like we've seen in other larger metropolitan areas? Or will this all be a relatively um, decentralized effort in small communities and, and, and small parts of communities? So I do anticipate that locals will utilize what we call mass vaccination um, efforts or uh, clinics or sites uh, when vaccine increases. Um, you know, really, We've, we've been limited by the amount that we've received so far, but even some um, of, the, of, the, of the counties have offered those kinds of clinics so far where, the, where they um, were able to pull in some resources and, and be able to offer those clinics um, you know, when they had uh, enough vaccine, even 100 doses, they've been able to do something like that when, uh, because it can be, you know, you can get through a lot of people at one time and so it looks a little bit different, obviously, when we need to maintain social distancing and some of the other uh, practices that are in place right now. 
but our, our county health agencies have been utilizing that. Certainly the guidance is to wear a mask. Once I'm vaccinated, what happens to that guidance then? Yep, and we've been getting that question a lot too. And no, unfortunately, you know, you're getting vaccinated doesn't mean that, you know, you can forego wearing masks or, or not have to do the, the distancing um, and other measures that we're asking people to take right now. I think it's first important to remember that, you know, what we know about these two vaccines is that full immunity is developed after the second dose, so 10 to 14 days after the second dose. And so it is a while before you develop that full immunity. And so to, you still have to be cautious in that kind of interim period between your first dose and then, you know, 10 to 14 days after your second dose. Um, but, you know, we know that these vaccines are very effective in preventing us, you know, me from getting sick from COVID-19 if I um, if I did uh, get vaccinated. Um, what we still need to learn more about, though, is, is how this vaccine um, affects how we transmit it to each other. And, and also, we know that most people at this point are not going to have access to the vaccine and only a very limited, you know, few people will. And so it does mean that as a population, in order to protect each other, our communities, our neighbors, um, we all are going to still need to, to wear masks, um, to try to distance from people, to, to avoid large gatherings for, for a while longer. Angela, I'd like to end the discussion with you as we speak today and maybe for the next two to three weeks. What folks are becoming eligible now for the for the vaccine here? Yeah, thank you, Craig. So really to date, counties public health and hospitals have been vaccinating those in phase 1A. And so for the most part- And those phases are a little confusing for folks. So don't, nope, don't be afraid really to add some point. detail. Uh -huh. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. And so the folks in that are included in phase 1A really were those healthcare providers that, that are treating folks who, who are potentially sick. Um, and then also those who are <clears throat> high risk in long-term care facilities, assisted living facilities, and those in residential care facilities for people with uh, intellectual or developmental disabilities. And so those were really the priority groups within phase 1A. And, and I would say for the most part, those, those folks have been offered vaccine, you know, and, or it's continuing. Um, and then phase 1B really is being targeted right now. Our current phase 1B is people who are 70 years or older, and then frontline essential workers who must interact with the public and are unable to consistently uh, physically distance from others. What if I'm not sure I fit in the window? What do I do? We actually have the list that's published on our website as well that you can look at. And, you know, through local, uh, the local media outlets and the, the announcements that would be occurring at the local level, they would also be announcing that kind of where each county is at as they're moving through that or who they're offering vaccines to at this time. The other thing I want to slip in here, if I miss my window, I should still do what? You still should be contacting the local agencies and seeing, you know, how you go about getting. Um, um, sure. Back included, in line. Yep. Included in those, those efforts that are continuing as we move forward. Thank you both for joining us on Wyoming Chronicle. Thank you for having us.
This program was funded in part by a grant from Newman's Own Foundation, working to nourish the common good by donating all profits from Newman's Own food and beverage products to charitable organizations that seek to make the world a better place. More information is available at newmansownfoundation.org. Funding for this program is made possible in part by the Wyoming Humanities Council, helping Wyoming take a closer look at life through the humanities, thinkwhy.org, and by the members of the Wyoming PBS Foundation. Thank you for your support.